Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. It is a line. The, and we promised everybody that we would give you uh, give a podcast regarding that Yankees letter. So maybe that jury summons for you is is heading in and and laying judgment on the Yankees today in the bleachers. No, that's going to be your job. <laughs> I know it will. I've already made. I mean, I, I, I woke up early and just jotted down just a couple of notes. And it's not, you know, what's crazy about all of this. And it's good to see you again, Tuttle. I mean, a couple times in one week. Look at you. You're a little more high tech than I am. I, I went old school with the paper and the pen, and, and got after it. But uh, again, I'm here on the road. I'm in Toronto. I actually let me in. I, I filled out the appropriate apps. I had my QR code. I had my Vax cards. I had my passports, and uh, I'm officially back in the uh, country of Canada, which is great. And you know, I like to say a a lot, and like yeah. say. I, I was watching the highlights today on on Sports Central, I think they call it up here, and uh, there was a shoot out uh, in the hockey game shoot last out. night. So oh, shoot, shoot out, out. yeah, that's right. yeah, shoot out uh, up here. So that's always fun. But uh, and I don't have any loonies or toonies in my pocket, but uh, <laughs> I will be getting those later. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Strange Brew? Dude, come on. We're the same era. We just <laughs> talked about your birthday. Take off, eh, you hoser? Yeah, like, what are you, you talking hoser? about? Hork I've off. Never, I've never seen the movie, but take off, you hoser. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's a mouse in my beer, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. I mean, talk about a stereotype. A good thing we're not big Is in that Toronto not unbelievable? or Montreal, but it's like, holy cow, that's what we think of Canadians in America. <laughs> it would be really funny to see their impression of us, I guess. But yeah, Strange Brew. An underrated, very funny, you know, it's not dumb and I mean, dumber, I, but it's good. No, but it's a true story of good and evil and the <laughs> effects of psychology. <laughs> a true story. You got me. You got me with a punchline Locked at the beginning. Up. Yeah, it's a true story. Oh, right. true story? That's a fantastic. Wait, what? What a huh? tale. Yeah. Oh, man. It, that, wow. that was probably one of the funniest things is having watched that movie as a, as a young teenager and, and making absolute fun of it, enjoying the heck out of it, and then playing in Ottawa and Montreal for as long as I did and actually realizing that there is that beer store that you like roll up and you're like, hey, I'd like a case of Molson. Yeah. And this thing comes rolling out on that conveyor belt. I mean, yeah. that was one of the – I was like, dude, it really happens. It this really happens. Awesome. <laughs> That's totally funny. That's great. Yeah, that was a good time. But uh, – yeah. In all seriousness, we had a really good podcast last time we were out. We promised everybody that we would update, uh, you know, what was going on with the Yankee letter. I know that it probably wasn't on the forefront of your sporting news page that uh, you pull up or your newsletter, Tuttle. But in, in Houston, there was a lot of anticipation about this uh, letter coming out. You know, there was, it was in the court system. There was a conversation between uh, the Yankees and, uh, and, and Rob Manfred, the league office. And there was a letter involved between... Manfred and the New York Yankees that was sealed up. Everybody wanted it unsealed and it eventually got unsealed. But I want to start by saying that even though this, that we're going to talk a little bit about this letter real quick, but in no way do I feel like this exonerates the Astros or ignores the fact that the Astros did what they did. I think that would be a real mistake is to say that, oh, this this overshadows and the Astros did nothing wrong. They they absolutely did. I think that's something that we need to accept as Houston people and fans of the Astros is that this was a process that was set in motion by Rob Manfred, believe it or not, 
and eventually finished, hopefully, by the Astros by taking it as far as they did. But my initial reaction is to go back to the beginning. How did we get here? And Rob Manfred is the reason we are at this point talking about this letter. If it wasn't for the institution of instant replay, there would be no real-time video in the clubhouse, in the video room, or the ability to move that. And maybe the first thing I want to ask you is, was Rob Manfred just ignoring the fact that he was opening Pandora's box by putting real-time video in front of athletes who are looking for competitive advantages anywhere they can get it? It's a great it's a great question, but I, I like that you're starting in this place. And I think um, just to reiterate what you said, I mean, this this is like raising four daughters and raising three <laughs> children in my house. I mean, there isn't – not that there's not precedent, precedent, but what I wrote down was Parenting 101. This is parenting. And Rob Manfred did not did not do a good job from a parenting perspective of nipping this in the bud. And I mean, I have a bunch of thoughts on that, but I mean, this is something that was certainly uh, preventable, in my opinion. If if this is a great point, yeah. So I I mean, that's what I took away from the letter. There's other things, and we can get into some of the sentence structure and all that. But basically, bringing in replay. Um, as you mentioned, and having the ability to challenge and see this stuff live, as you read the letter, I mean, there's some weird words in there. Like, they didn't really do anything wrong or outside the bylaws, but, you know, I mean, they they were using it to their advantage. And we know that sign stealing has been a part of baseball for a long time, but that's the gamesmanship. That's the fun part. If you hear Tom Brady or, you know, Peyton Manning, in this case, yelling, Omaha, Omaha, that could be a fake play. That could be a real play. Did you study your film? What are you picking up? Um, it's like poker, right? Poker is a real live event, a real-time um, uh, technology, uh, real-time, I guess, indicators. And that's part of the gamesmanship. When you start watching tape and rewinding tape and watching film study on, you know, whether they're going with the second sign or the third sign or outs plus one and they're doing all this and they're tapping, you're really able to use that video to your advantage. And I think that's when the Red Sox and the Yankees with Manfred, if he had taken a strong approach, could have really um, curtailed anything that happened in the future. And to your point, it doesn't exonerate what happened, but I have some other thoughts about that. But do you you see where I'm going no, with that, right? I, th- like, I, this think is you're, I think you're spot on. Yeah, no, and it, it's, it's set, that, set that parameter early so that everybody's under the same rule. And that's exactly what I think is going on too, because before we had this letter, we had 2017. And in 2017, we know for a fact that the Yankees were using the replay system and sending, calling the dugout with the signs so that they could have real-time opportunities to steal signs at second base. Then we had the Boston Red Sox who were using the same video room and, and different equipment. They were using an Apple Watch. And that's kind of to your point, I think, Tuttle, and we've had this conversation when this scandal first broke is, why didn't we set the precedent then? Why didn't we slam the door then and say that you... We're going to hammer you. We're going to we're going to uh, fine you more than a hundred thousand dollars. We're going to take away draft picks. We're going to say this is the end. Right. But instead, the Red Sox and Yankees got a slap on the wrist, and then the precedent was set where it said anybody moving on is going to get absolutely hammered. And of course, this set up for the Astros to go out there and be the poster child of the sign stealing scandal. And then we have the letter opened, and it goes back, and it says that the the Yankees have been doing this since 2015 and 16, and 17. So where you're right, where is that press? Where is that line crossed? And 
you talked about the rules and the wording in some of these sentences. Rob Manfred specifically interpreted the rule the way he wanted to for the Yankees, for the Red Sox, and for the Astros. So it's it's 100% for me on Rob Manfred on why the Astros were scapegoated when he had a couple of opportunities to get the Red Sox and Yankees and, and maybe draw that line and say, we can't do this anymore or find a way to stop it. Uh, absolutely. So the other thing I wanted to ask, and this is uh, maybe leads into where we were going to go. I mean, if you knew, like my brother got away with something and, uh, and I was following suit and I got caught doing the same thing, the first thing out of your mouth shouldn't be like, well, but Jeff, you know, he did it. And he <laughs> like, he was been sneaking yeah. out of the house and drinking and well, you caught me like that shouldn't be where you go. I think it's really, um, I don't know if it's uncharacteristic or characteristic. I know this is kind of a Manfred rant, but Brian Cashman, before the letter got unsealed, came out talking about how egregious what the Astros did was just so, uh, you know, out of bounds. And, you know, again, and I, I don't know what his point was there, but if you knew that letter was coming out and you knew you received that letter, I would be, I don't know, I just would have been much more careful about how I worded that because now it's like, hey, basically the Astros figured out how to work around the rules better than you did and they beat you and now you're saying that they're the biggest cheaters of all time and they're the reason that you haven't won a world championship. I think you better start looking in the mirror and I think that's a really um, unusual way to approach it. I, I don't know what you th think about um, Cashman in that regards, but it was weird the timing of when he came out in that spring training and said what he said, especially knowing that the letter was going to be unsealed. It was almost as if he he said what he said, thinking that that letter would never see the light of day. That's what was weird to me. It's like, I'm going to sit here and bash this team who, who used our technology and our idea better than we did, like you just said, and they beat us with it. So we're going to go, oh, they're the bad guy. But now we found out that the, your team was actually doing it in 2015, 16, 17 yeah. in the same way. You just weren't as effective at it. And I think where the Astros kind of crossed the line is they went from real-time video technology relaying signs, not just to second base, but they were doing it with nobody on base. Yep. So they were immediately finding a way to get the sign and get it to the to hitter, you know, with nobody on base. And that's where I think Brian Cashman is like, we were, we were cheating the right way. We yeah. cheated the right way by only using it with a runner at second base, you know, and that's, that's where I think that's a load of crap. And, yeah. you know, that double standard that we see between the big market Yankees and Red Sox. And then the, the, the idea that, Rob Manfred wanted to target the Astros for what they were doing. Hey, t explain this to me too. I have a bunch of other thoughts on that. But we're, now, when the Yankees or, and or the Red Sox, it sounds like they both got letters. Um, you know, we did read the actual letter that the Yankees received. Were all thirty-two teams uh, notified that that they had received a letter and then some sort of reprimand? I mean, did other teams know? Yes. Oh, okay. There you go. So yeah. that that actually no. makes more sense because it sounds like. But that's um, why they came down so hard on the, the Astros is because they, they let the Yankees do what they did. They enough. let the Red Sox do what they did. Those two teams got a slap on the wrist, and it was after the it was I believe it was after the Red Sox got caught with the Apple Watch this, that Rob Manfred finally said, "This is it. We can't have this anymore." And they sent out the letter, and that's it didn't deter the Astros at all. And that's why yeah. Jeff Luno got reprimanded because he got the letter. Should have sent it into the dugout, and then uh, you know the yeah. fact that they just continued and continued to continue to do it—that's what got them in trouble. But yes, there was a letter sent out after those two incidents that said, "Okay, we can't have this anymore." 
All right. So the letter was the parenting 101 that I referenced. Like, this is what's going to happen yeah. now. I just feel like, I don't know. So maybe, and I think this is where we're headed. The consequences could have been a little more severe for the Red Sox and Yankees. As you read that letter, it's almost like they didn't break the rules, but we want to deter everybody from really breaking the rules. And then not to make this a steroid <laughs> conversation, but I I view it as the steroid thing. And if you talk to CJ Nikowski, that's somebody we could probably bring on if we need to. His conversation, we played together with the Reds in AA. Um, with our, we never discussed this while we were teammates, but his problem or his challenge with steroids wasn't that uh, he should or shouldn't take them because a lot of guys were taking them. His challenge was he didn't want to get them shipped to him <laughs> across state yeah. lines and risk a federal offense. And I think yeah, something this, off the field happening. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, you're getting reprimanded that way, which, um, you know, th those are more serious charges, right? It's like the Al Capone thing. We got him for tax mm -hmm. evasion, which is a federal charge, which is probably worse than whatever murder and extortion. I don't know. But the uh, <laughs> the the point I'm making is steroids were not officially illegal based on the uh, but based on you know the the uh, the laws of the baseball. CBA, yeah. Thank you, CBA. I don't know. I was thinking NFLPA. What I was watching the draft last night. This is not NFL. We're talking about. So the MLBPA <laughs> and obviously the the players union and the owners agreement, the CBA. Um, steroids was not illegal. So. You know, they weren't testing, they weren't doing this. Now they were illegal if you acquired them, obviously, without a doctor's note and all, you know, prescription and all these things. But my point is the there weren't rules against steroids, but your moral compass and you know, kind of subverting the system should be enough for most people. Now, when you're getting paid a lot of money and you know, we're young guys and you know, there's a lot of crazy thing that that crazy things that can go on. I feel very similar about this, meaning they never officially told the Yankees and Red Sox what they were doing was completely illegal. That's how I interpreted some yes. of the wording in that Yankees letter. They didn't say this is I egregious agree. and this is terrible. Um, you know, let's just here's a hand slap and let's not, you know, let's not continue to take this very far. And that's to your point, I think why the Astros got um outed in that in the way that they did is because they basically ignored the uh, what do they call it the the yield sign or the stop sign they kind of blew through the stop sign yes, and kept going you are correct <laughs> but but i think to you know you tell me i mean just because you acquired steroids illegally and you know that you did something that you shouldn't be doing and then you took them and you weren't tested and nobody cared about it shouldn't absolve you from any sort of consequence or repercussion, right? I mean, isn't that right? We could have stopped this ahead of time. Yes. that And that's why I brought up the fact that bringing in instant replay and putting real-time video in, in the vicinity of that club, of any clubhouse, is, you know, there's, there's it's either ignorance <laughs> or the, the gasoline no. and here's the match. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, 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 that's exactly right. They had the gasoline and video, but then, you know, Rob Manford gave them the match, which was real-time video, and they just lit that fire and that fuse went nuts. And that, you know, that's the Pandora's box of giving real-time video to competitive athletes. You know, it, it would be the same thing in the NFL if you were able to, you know, stick a video camera on the opposing coach or coaches in a real-time game. And then the, for the first half, you figured out their signs. You go into halftime. You're like, okay, we've got, we know what plays they're yeah. running because we know what signals are being sent in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're out there beating the pants off these guys. That's exactly what happened. And it, that was the problem is that he gave it to them, didn't realize that teams would actually use this, and then he's shocked by it, but not shocked enough to stop it immediately. And that was the problem.
Right. He, it, it, in, I think you read the same article I did, Evan Jarelich in, uh, in the Athletic. And it was interesting how he said it was how Manfred interpreted the rule because they said using technology, using a phone is technology, using video is technology, using an Apple Watch is technology. But he kind of deferred and said, well, you know, not everybody's going to do it. The Yankees, you know, well, we'll, just, we'll just say it was a $100,000 fine, which is ashtray money in the world of baseball. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then all of a sudden, I think there was an issue with uh, Jeff Luno with the Astros and how he was running the Astros and being very successful at it. And it kind of made the Astros the target of the ire. And then they got Jeff and the Astros organization was the collateral damage. That's what I feel like happened. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this off air maybe before the last podcast, but it's the old uh, story of um, you know, the second guy gets caught, the retaliation, right? It's uh, it all exactly what I think. My is, mom, yeah. there's an old cartoon with my brother and I, and you have a brother as well. But I said, you know, the cartoon said it all started when he hit me back, you know, which is, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at, right? This all started yeah. when the Astros blew through the stop sign and the letter that they had received. And maybe that was part Luna, like being an outsider, as well, meaning he wasn't as well liked, or you know, the Astros organization was kind of upending. Or he's the looking Dodger. at the re- consequences. He's just going, "I can afford a hundred thousand dollar fine. We'll be fine." Exactly. There you go. Right, because he thought that would be the fine. But also, you know, the a conspiracy theory in us, which I don't have mm-hmm. a, a whole lot of one. When you look at uh, revenue, Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, you know, the teams mm-hmm. that that drive the business right at the top end. This is like yeah. in the NFL when you talk about the Cowboys and the. You know, there are certain teams you want to be in the uh, in the mix for for revenue purposes, and I think you know, including the Raiders, like some of these teams that have national um, national followings. And so, yeah, I don't know if we want to get into. I don't know. I, I already brought up the steroid comparison. I mean, I think we knew what the rules well, were. They knew they were cheating. Yeah. They all knew they were cheating. But I, I I'd like to maybe delve in a little bit more into the Cashman thing and why he came out. I mean. I think he he knew the letter was going to be released, right? Uh, he knew it was going to be released, and I mean, we could wear Cashman out. The, I've got an issue with Carlos Beltran now, you know, oh, yeah. because if just you know, just personally watching what's going on, and for Astro fans, you know, some sanity for them is knowing that Joe Girardi, when he had that slip up on MLB Network talking about, oh, well, they would send it down to us. Okay, that was true. They were actually getting the, the getting video, getting uh, you know the algorithm to figure out the signs at second base, and they were getting that phone call. So you know Joe Girardi's Freudian slip or whatever you want to call it, it was actually true. And then you know yeah, the Astros, the slip up, you know I, I love it. yeah, uh, you know, and then I I actually defended Carlos Beltran because I was upset in that letter for the Astros that they actually named Carlos Beltran because he was a player at the time, and they said they weren't going to name players. But that being said. And with the combination of this letter, knowing that 15, 16, the Yankees were doing this, and then the Astros were doing it in 17, there's a common denominator there. It's Carlos Beltran. He was doing it on that team in 15, in 16. I'm not saying he started it or was the godfather of it, but he definitely helped the Astros further their efforts when he got to Houston. And then you have him in the booth working currently for the New York Yankees. And that is just absolutely mind-blowing to me that they have a guy from that from those two teams now working in the booth on a consistent basis for the New York Yankees. I mean, that is just the most ironic thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know, he should probably be managing the Mets or something like that. Oh, no, <laughs> that that already. You know, 
Yeah, you know, I, I I mean, when you say you have an issue with it, you mean you have an issue with the fact that he's still around baseball. I mean, he got reprimanded. No, I understand good. why he lost he, his he, job. Like, yeah, he lost his job. Yeah. But I mean, he's trying. I, I I understand trying to protect your brand, mm-hmm. and that's what he's trying to do because he has borderline Hall of Fame numbers, and I think that's what he's trying to protect. But the fact is. Is how do, I mean Yankee fans are going to sit there and boo uh, Jose Altuve. They're going to boo Alex Bregman, boo Yuli Gurriel. Yet they're going to turn on their TV set and go, "Man, Carlos Beltran, I'm so glad he's on our broadcast." I don't get that. Right. I don't understand that. Right. But you don't have a personal issue with Beltran. No, you're saying no. I actually like Carlos. Yeah, I've well, had great interaction with Carlos. Yeah. Maybe it's more with the Yankees putting him on their broadcast. I don't know. It's just weird. No, I think it is weird, but it also kind of lends itself to like what, you know, the old, what are we doing? I mean, it doesn't really make sense if, <laughs> like you said, you're not calling him the godfather, but if there's a common thread here, there's somebody mm-hmm. that saw what they were doing and then said, hmm, maybe we could make this a little bit better if nobody is, you know, and like you said, maybe not the leader, but again, this to always to my steroid thing, you you know when you're doing the right thing and when you're doing the wrong thing. Just because somebody's not like testing you and like reprimanding you or telling you, you know what you know what's right and what's wrong. And as you said, when the Yankees were proved to be getting signed with nobody on base, then you're already using the. I've told this story before. Um, Eduardo Perez obviously had that great reputation. Um, you started playing in the Fall League, and I did in Puerto Rico with all these guys. Dude, they spent so much time watching like where the guy came set and like where his foot was and what he was doing. It's doing it just the right like way poker. By watching and that's right. Tipping. That's yeah. why poker. A, these guys wear bluff, sunglasses yeah. and they watch their. That is such an art form and such a cool part, in my opinion, of the game. I agree. Um, Tom Brady talks skill. about it. That's right. It's a huge skill. And Tom Brady talked about it with he and Ray Lewis going at it, and they would watch film and they would right before the snap they were trying to. That is such gamesmanship and. And the probably the most exciting thing that I never really got into in the minor leagues, you were really about yourself trying to, you know, make your way. And there were little subtleties that you could maybe work on for yourself. But it was kind of like, you know, the whole team wasn't going to go up at the same time. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you had a little more of a selfish attitude in terms of how can I get better? But as you were around teams and watching, I mean, to actually win games especially in the big leagues, these guys spent a lot of time doing that. And as you said, they basically threw this out um, when they got the video and and we know it's cheating. And so all those guys knew that it was cheating. Yes. It was about whether or not they were going to get punished or reprimanded. And it sounds like, uh, as I said, Manfred missed the boat because punishing those guys earlier and more harshly would have certainly um, been a good kind of pathway to prevent some of this. Yeah, and that's the only thing I really got out of this Yankee letter. I mean, we all knew, we've talked about it so many times that, you know, we knew a lot of teams were doing this. We knew there were certain guys that were doing it. It wasn't anything that shocked us. It was much like you said with steroids. We knew everybody was doing it. We had the option to do it ourselves, but we chose not to for 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 personal reasons and whatever they may be, whether they're moralistic or, you know, just I was scared to death to put that in my body. I don't know what it was. But it, the fact is, everybody knew it was happening. It was happening. And I think this, for me, just kind of exposes a little bit more about Rob Manfred's idea of running Major League Baseball than anything else. Because I'm, the Yankees cheated great. The Red Sox cheated great. The Astros cheated, whatever. And there's probably more teams out there that we don't have letters on that did cheat and try and find a way to uh, abuse the system to their credit. But for me, it just kind of nails down the fact that Rob Manfred has a different idea of what what baseball should be than I think I do. Yeah. 
And and that's not too shocking when you look at all of the way that the the uh, the MLBPA and then the owners are set up for this collective mm-hmm. bargaining, the lockout thing. And I I wish the narrative would get better. And you know we know Elon Musk is now taking over Twitter, so maybe we're gonna have, um, you know, more of the a balanced approach to anything that we hear or read. I know people are still crazy, but uh, we did see a couple of New York media folks um, air out the Yankees a little bit. What do you think the repercussions will be? And I mean, we again, I think we talked about last time. Every once in a while, fanatic and fan come up to this, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Bregman, Altuve, those guys are going to be booed any less. But I'm wondering if the New York media, who did kind of air out the Yankees when the letter came out, basically saying like the, everybody made it look like it was only the Astros. What what yeah. is going to happen moving forward? I mean, now do the the Astros are going to boo the Yankees anyway? But is there going to be some sort of fallout from a fan perspective? Um, most of those guys have probably moved on and they're a little bit older, but what do you think? Do you think this changes anything in the landscape of how the Astros are treated and, or how those two teams are treated Yankees, Red Sox? Um, I don't think so. I mean, they will get booed. I think the Yankees should get booed if they do it, you know, it's appropriate, but I don't think it's going to change the way everybody handles the Astros. And then most, mostly because they ended up winning a world series championship, in 2017. So it's always yeah. about knocking that guy off the top of the mountain any way you can. And that's their silver bullet is the cheating scandal. And that's why they're going to continue to boo those guys. But what's amazing to me is, is that uh, we're, we're in Toronto. And I'm sure this series, if you're watching over the weekend, you're going to see you're going to see Altuve's not playing, but you're going to see Bregman get booed. You're going to see Gurriel get booed. And then you're going to see George Springer lead off for the Toronto Blue Jays and get cheered. That's right. That that's the irony of the whole situation. Yeah. And as you said, Carlos Beltran, you know, commentating on games for the Yankees and you know doing it well and being respected as like an upstanding yeah. member of the media. Yep, that's how it is. Good stuff, dude. He he also doesn't get uh, pirated hot mics either, so it'll be interesting to see. That's too bad. You could actually turn that into a positive. You know, if you say the right things about Carbach and the poo out of something <laughs> that's right you, like a free t-shirt for people i don't know yeah there you go yeah anyway, yeah cool. but uh appreciate you taking the time man i think it was good to get this letter out and have people maybe understand it's going to be our own slant and that's the beauty of being in the bleachers with tuttle yeah. and i yeah well i will I'll, let's finish with this and just say like this is a very houston astros heavy podcast as you are the uh color commentator for the astros on television but i would say that uh that we probably didn't have to sway anybody's opinions, but I think that's what the letter does is maybe provide some credence to the, some of the things that you alluded to over the past few years and and knowing that, I mean, none of this stuff stays in a silo. Guys move around, you know, um, you know, oh, yeah. Mike Fires got, you know, a lot of heat. That for says saying how this whole thing said. started, right? Right. But, but I'm just saying like it, it was around and guys knew it. And I know you drew the common thread today with Beltran, but there were other guys that moved around as well, Cora and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time. I think the, the bow on it is, you know, give me an inch and I'll take a foot. I mean, this is what kids do. This is what we all do. You know, if I'm not going to get punished yep. for it and, you know, I'm going to keep going forward. So, um, obviously and there's going to be is, something down the road later too, that end, ends up popping yeah. up. So true. Yeah. And, and maybe that will be the baseballs, which we're going to talk about extensively next time because the baseballs seem to be a yeah, big issue again. It's coming back. 
It is, yeah. Stay tuned for that. We're going to have uh, Dr. Meredith uh, Wills on and talk about that baseball because it's starting to pop up in the national conversation. But until then, we we always thank the military. We thank first responders. We thank uh, the police personnel, the fire personnel, uh, all the the nurses, EMTs, doctors, uh, essential workers, all of the teachers out there. You're doing a fantastic job. We greatly appreciate you. And Tuttle, take it home. Finish it off. Hey, if you... Look at what I got. Woo. <laughs> yeah. If you're you'll have to tune uh, into the Bleacher Blums channel to see the jury summons that Tuttle just held up. Um, if you're uh, if you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And uh, when you're in the bleachers, we always encourage you to get after it and believe it. Believe it. Jury summons, landscapers blowing it up out there. We're good. What else could go right for you, man? <laughs>